Well, as you know, maybe you've heard already, we finished 24 hours of prayer. We had a prayer rally. Um, and we're doing that because this month we want to put prayer first. Because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that when we pray, God answers our prayers. And that prayer really works. And I tell you today, prayer really works. But maybe you've come here today and you're like, yeah, sure. I tried that once. Sure. I prayed. It didn't happen. I prayed and nothing, nothing happened. I didn't get what I prayed for. So what do you got to tell me? Well, today I do have something very important to tell you. And it's how to obtain or how to, yeah, let me put it like that, how to obtain the answer to your prayer. And this month is going to be called Prayer Works. That's our theme for this month. So we're going to be looking at prayer and we're going to be prioritizing prayer. We're going to be putting prayer first because we believe that when God's people come back to him and cry out to him, he hears and he answers. And the earth changes. And we look at this nation, we look at this state, and all the discussions that are going on um, in government and, and in, the, in the media and all those things, it all boils down to this. We need God. And we need God to move. That's the only hope and answer for this nation. And the only way God's going to move, move is if we pray. And I'm going to explain it to you today. So turn to the person next to you and say, get ready to learn something new. And we're going to read from Isaiah 56 and chapter 7, and verse 7. That's the one. I was up all night in our prayer rally, so I'm a little bit like, ooh. Isaiah 56, verse 7. It says this, Even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. Did you know that God's house is called a house of prayer? In the Bible. If you didn't, you do now because we just read it out. And where is God's house? Right now, well, yeah, he's in our hearts and he's everywhere. You know, if you, if you ask my son, where's Jesus? He's like, he's in my heart. And then if you ask him, you know, and how is he there? You know, he explains. He's cool. He, he, he knows what, what's, what's up. But right now, God is sat on the throne in where? In heaven. In his house in heaven. And today I want to explain to you how... We can pray and get our prayers to reach heaven and make a difference. But it starts with God's house. What does God's house look like? It's a house of prayer. But what does it actually look like? What does heaven look like? How is heaven laid out? How is heaven organized? Did you know that the Bible actually tells us? And it tells us right all the way back in the Old Testament. And in the first five chapters of the Old Testament, 
the Israelites are given a pattern, the blueprints on how to build the tabernacle and eventually the temple. And it's incredibly specific. God says, you've got to build it like this. You've got to put these fences here and these walls around here and this tent here and do this here and that there. And he's so, so specific. And in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, it says that what happened in the Old Testament in the tabernacle is a pattern of what's going on in heaven. There's not, it's not a coincidence that God laid out the tabernacle how it was. He did it because it reflects what's going on in heaven. Now, there are two specific elements or parts to the tabernacle or the temple that I want to look at today. And it's the altars. Say to the person next to you, altar. And there are two altars in the tabernacle, in the temple. The first one is the altar of sacrifice. Where they would kill all the animals and lay them and burn them and that would forgive their sins or try to. And the second one, does anyone know what the second altar is? You do, I know, because I already asked you. The altar of incense. Round of applause for Bishop over here. <laughs> Woo! That's Edwin, my friend, my homeboy. He knows everything in the Bible. He knows where everything is in the Bible. If you ever have a question about something, ask Edwin. He's, he's got it down. And I, I guarantee you, you'll struggle to find a verse that he doesn't know roughly where it is. Learn from this guy. He knows where it's at. Round of applause for Aaron right here. Okay, what were we doing? The altar, the altar of incense. Now there are two altars, the altar of sacrifice and the altar of incense. And the altar of sacrifice represents the cross. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled all the sacrifices in the Old Testament. So now we don't have to kill a million different sheep and cows and goats, thankfully, because Jesus gave his blood for our atonement. And he fulfilled that altar. What about the, the next altar? What does that represent? What does the altar of incense speak to us about? And it speaks to us of prayer and intercession. It was the incense that went up before the presence of God, right in the holy of holies, in the most holy place. And in order to get there, you needed blood. That's why they sacrificed the animals. If you read it, it's the Day of Atonement in, the, in Leviticus. They would sacrifice a bull, and then with that blood, they, it would enable the high priest to enter in to the holy of holies in order to then offer incense on the altar of incense. And that's a pattern for us today. If you want to offer prayer to God, you need an entrance. You need a doorway. You need to be able to enter into heaven. And this is my first point today, the entrance. What is the entrance of prayer? Because we might all be on the outside, in the outer courts of the tabernacle, but in order to pray, we need to be on the inside, where God is, in order to offer up our prayers to him. So how do we get there? Through the blood of Jesus. Through the blood of the lamb that was slain. And I want to 
I want to explain it to you like this with a little activity or exercise. So I need three volunteers up on stage. Who wants to volunteer? Okay. Volunteer. Okay, Paul. Awesome. He's, he's going to do great. Um, voluntarily, Paul, he came and not volunteer. Oh, we got Sergio here. And the other Sergio. Okay, two. No, Kike. Okay, come on up. We got this. Round of applause for these guys. Okay, Paul, since you're here first, you get the privilege. You're going to come over here. You guys are going to stay over there. Now, I want you to take this piece of paper. Not the water. Don't worry, I'm not going to get you wet or anything. I want you to take this piece of paper, and I want you to write a prayer on it. You guys can stay over there. I don't want you over here. I want you to write a prayer or a petition on this piece of paper, and then I want you to make that into a paper airplane. You know how to? Good job. The guy last meeting didn't know how. I had to help him. Just checking. Okay, now, who are we going to have? Oh, wait, I'm forgetting something. I need this right here. This is going to represent... The, the census where they would offer the incense. It's, can't really offer incense in it, but it's going to represent it. And Kike, you can be, come around here so that people can see you. Kike is going to be the angel with this nice sensor right here. She looks very angelical. Um, you're going to be the angel to catch the prayers. Now, Sergio, you're going to take this tennis racket right here. And you're going to stand here. And I'm going to explain to you. Now, Paul here, he's making his prayer. He's getting it ready. And once he's ready, he's going to fire it up into heaven to land in this bowl. But there's a problem because there's this nice guy right here called Sin. Ooh, good job. And Sin's mission is to stop these prayers getting up to heaven. So are you nearly ready, Paul? He's making his origami piece of paper. And it takes a little time to get your prayer ready, you know. You've got to think what you're going to pray about. Maybe, you know, what you want God to do in your life. And, man, you're making it all ready and you get it. Once you've got it ready, you're like, yes. Yes, I'm ready. I'm going to fire this prayer up to heaven. And God is going to answer me. So here we go, Paul. A round of applause for Paul here. So Paul, I want you... Now notice, this is difficult as it is. But with the added help of sin right here, let's see how it goes. So Paul, I want you to try and fire this up and get it in the bowl. Don't hit it too hard, it'll go past him. And Sergio, you're going you're gonna to stop him, okay? Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, pass it back. We're going to have another go. It's pretty hard anyway. You can stand in the way. You can, you can jump around. You can do whatever you want. Ready? Here we go. There we go. Okay. Too easy. One last go. One last go. Maybe you can try like, you know, projectile or something. I don't know. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, he's going high. No. Doesn't get there. Good, this, it worked pretty well this time. Good job, guys. You can go take your seats because you've proved my point greatly. Thank you very much. Round of applause for you. This is exactly what happened. So many of us say, God, why don't you answer my prayer? I took so long getting it ready. 
I made it into a paper airplane and everything. Why won't you answer my prayer? The truth is, because there's something in the way. And that's sin. D.L. Moody, the preacher over a hundred years ago, he spoke about this topic from Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9. It says in Proverbs 28, verse 9, if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. That's pretty, pretty strong word, abomination. And the Almudi explained it like this. He said, if we're not willing to turn from sin, it's unreasonable to expect God to answer us. God hates sin. And sin provides a barrier between us and God. Now, if you try and come to God with your prayers and there's still sin in your life, I guarantee it won't work. Because that sin will be there every time to stop your prayer. So how do you get rid of sin? And it doesn't start with the blood of Jesus. Did you know that? The blood of Jesus is the last step of getting rid of sin. Some people think the blood of Jesus is like a magic prayer. Blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. doesn't work like that. Because the Bible says that unless you confess your sin, you can't be forgiven it. In fact, I'll challenge you today, and I'll say that it's impossible to find a place in the Bible where it says that you can be forgiven of your sins without confessing them. In order to receive forgiveness from your sins, you have to actually personally confess them. And that's where so many Christians go wrong. They think that God is just magically going to wash over their sins. Because he's a merciful, gracious God. And that's true. He is a merciful, gracious God. It says in 1 John that God is faithful. But it says this, if we confess our sins, then he will forgive them. If you want to receive the answer to your prayer, it starts right here. Confessing your sins. Getting rid of them. Getting them out there. Not holding them back. But showing God your heart, your humility to Him and saying, yeah, God, you know what? I've done this wrong. And actually confessing it out. And that's where so many Christians go wrong because there's so, and I, I want to tell you this, there's so much unconfessed sin in the church. I've been reading a book on this where I got the quote from, on, by D.L. Moody on, on prayer. And a um, hundred years ago, he was saying the same thing. The church is full of people who don't know how to confess their sins. They bottle them up in their heart and they think that they're going to be okay. But there's so many things wrong in them that they're not willing to get before God and say, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And you don't often hear that message either in church. But I want to tell it to you today. God is faithful and merciful, but he's also just. He cannot accept sin in heaven. And he cannot accept anyone with sin in their life into heaven. If you want your, your prayers answered this month, 
Start by confessing your sins. And we all have sin. Every single one of us. So don't say, I don't got nothing. Because we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And once we do that, that's when the blood of Jesus has power to cleanse us. When you confess your sin, then Jesus' blood starts to work in your life. And he starts to cleanse you and prepare you. And that's your doorway into heaven to receive the answer to your prayer. It's the first step that you've got to take. The next step is that you've got to fill the golden censer. What do I mean by that? First thing you've got to enter in, the next one is that you've actually got to fill the golden censer. Now, we read about or we were speaking about the altar of incense in the Old Testament. That doesn't exist anymore. There's no altar of incense on earth in that form in the way that it was in the Bible because it represents something in heaven. So what is it like in heaven? What is the altar of incense on this earth? What does it represent in heaven and what is it like? We find it, the Bible actually tells us in Revelation chapter 8 and verse 1 to 5. And I'm going to read it to you. And I love this. I think it's one of the most powerful pictures or images of prayer in the Bible. It says in Revelation 8 verse 1 to 5. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, it's talking about Jesus. There was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. When we pray, there is a bowl in heaven that is being filled. Did you know that? Every prayer you make counts. Some people don't realize that. And then they give up. Because they don't realize that every prayer goes into heaven and it fills this great big bowl called the golden censer. And an angel is standing there with this bowl. And it says it was filled with a lot of incense. The prayers of the saints. And I want you to just take a moment and think of all the prayers that you've ever prayed. Answered or unanswered. And then I want you to think of that bowl and see your prayers right there. Your prayers have counted. They weren't in vain. But it requires one more thing to get the answer for what you need. And this is my third thing, persistence. Persistence to what? The tipping point. Say to the person next to you, the tipping point. What I mean by the tipping point Oh, come on, half of you said that. Say to the person next to you, the tipping point. Like you mean it, even though you don't know what I'm talking about. What do I mean? What is the tipping point? The tipping point is when there's enough to make it tip. Surprisingly enough. 
Now, I want you to see this right here. We have a little demonstration. This is our bowl in heaven. And imagine, I want you to imagine that this is like your prayers. And you're thinking, God, I really need help with something. And you start to pray and you pray this and you're like, amen. God, why didn't you do it? Come on. You don't even listen to my prayers. This prayer stuff doesn't work. Did that ever happen to you? Someone's like, no, never. It's happened to me. I've asked God that. God, why aren't you answering my prayers? And he reminds me of this passage. It says, because you've got to keep praying. You've got to keep praying. One bottle isn't enough. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep praying until you reach the tipping point. Now, let me tell you this. Nobody knows where the tipping point is. And it's different every single time. You might pray and pray and pray and not get the answer. And you're like, why haven't I received it yet? Or you might pray and suddenly the answer comes. The tipping point is different every time. But let me tell you this, it does come. And when it comes, the results are, bear with me. Yeah. Dramatic. Amen. Oh, Let's give God a round of applause. What does it say in verse 5 of that passage we just read? Revelation 8, verse 5. Listen to this. It says this Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it. On the earth, and there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. I want to tell you today, when God answers, it's dramatic. When God answers your prayer, it's dramatic. How many of you have ever been surprised by an answer to prayer? When you're praying for something, you're like, will God ever do it? Will God ever do it? And then suddenly the tipping point comes, and you weren't ready for it, and boom, God gives you the answer, and you're like, oh my God! He actually answered my prayer. It's a miracle. Yes, it's a miracle. That's why it's called a miracle. But in order to reach the tipping point, you need two things, hope and faith. Hope to, be, to keep going, to persist until you reach what God wants you and faith to act upon it. There is... Um, I've told this story, I'm sure if you've been around, you've heard me talk about Pastor Cho from Korea. How many of you have heard of him? He's the pastor of the biggest church in the world. I think over 800,000 people in his church in Korea. Incredible man of God, but he started with nothing. With his mother-in-law. I don't think he, she was actually his mother-in-law at the time, but they began this church and then eventually he married her daughter. But they began this church. And you know how they began their church? By filling the golden censer. And at the beginning of their ministry, they prayed for 10 hours every day. Some of you just did six hours at our prayer rally or maybe like 10 or 18. And you were like, oh my God, I'm so tired. <gasps> this prayer thing is hard work. Pastor Cho prayed every day for 10 hours. 
And he did it fasting because he couldn't afford food. They ate a bowl of bean sprout soup a day. Now that's hardcore. Two years, he didn't even taste rice. But look where it got him. The greatest church in the world and there has ever been. The most people, the biggest church. Why? Because he understood the principle of filling the bowl. And I want to tell you today, if you get a hold of this, even just this month, God can do miracles in your life. And this month, we put a name to this month, it's Prayer Works. So I want, to I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, Prayer Works, and say it like you mean it. Prayer Works. It works when you do it right. It works when you enter in, having confessed your sin through the blood of Jesus, and you offer persistent prayer until God gives the answer. So I want to set you guys a challenge this month. I want you to write down some prayers. And we're going to have an opportunity from next week. We're going to have some little cards that you can fill out your prayers and, and deposit them out the, in, the, in the lobby so that we can begin to pray for them all together. But I want you to think this week about your prayers and I want you to begin to do that every day. To enter in by confessing your sin through the blood of Jesus and begin to pray and ask God with faith. Don't complain, pray. Don't preach, pray. God doesn't need you to preach to him. He needs you to pray to him. And God definitely does not need you to complain to him. He wants you to pray to him. This is going to be a month of prayer. We have um, a 24-hour prayer chain going on at the moment. If you want to be a part of that, talk to your leader. Because we want you to be a part of it. Because we're going to pray. We're going to have someone praying. We almost do. We have a few hours missing. Every single hour of every day of this month. 24 hours, seven days a week. Because we believe that prayer works. And we're going to see God do miracles. How many of you believe it? I'm going to invite you to stand where you are. Jesus tells a story in the Bible of a widow in Luke chapter 18. And she needed justice. And the only way to get justice was to go to the judge and ask him. But this judge didn't really care. And so she went and asked him and he was like, you know what, go away. Stop bothering me. Instead of giving up, she came again and she asked him. Every day. The Bible says, Jesus telling this story, he wasn't a God-fearer, he wasn't necessarily a good person. But by the end of it, he was so sick of the widow, bothering him day and night that he gave what she asked for. How much more? Does our Heavenly Father want to give good things to those who ask? If you believe that God is a good God, keep on 
pray. Don't give up. Continue to ask. And I want to finish with this passage in 1 and 1 John 3 verse 20. It says, For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And He knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, in other words, if we've confessed our sins, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. I don't know about you, but I believe the Word of God. And I believe that that is true. That when we take out those things that are in our hearts that maybe shouldn't be there through our confession, the small sins, the things that we should never have allowed, God hears that and He responds. And when the blood of Jesus comes and it washes over us and cleanses us and our heart no longer has anything against us, then we can pray prayers that are powerful. Then we can pray prayers that will change this earth. So I want to invite you to close your eyes. And I want you to take a moment to examine your heart. And if there are things in your heart that aren't right, it's time to to get rid of them. And you know, as even as Christians, we have to do this every day. Because none of us are perfect. And every time we come before God to pray before Him, there's nearly always some little thing in our heart that condemns us that says you cannot enter in like the tennis racket. Your prayers will be nullified. Right now, take this opportunity to look deep into your own heart, to see those thoughts, those things that are wrong, maybe that you have allowed that nobody even knows about. God knows because God knows everything and he knows the condition of your heart I want to tell you today you can't hide anything from God you can hide it from man but you cannot hide from God if there's something hidden in your heart today is an opportunity to get that out and say God I confess my sin I confess those things that I've done wrong and I ask for your forgiveness I ask that you would wash me in the blood of Jesus and you would make me right before you so that I can enter in because I long to be close to you. I long to be in your presence because there's nowhere else I'd rather be on this earth than close to you and close to your presence. And we're going to take a moment right now and I want to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me, everyone in this room. it's a prayer that you're going to do every day for this month. Now just where you are, maybe you can close your eyes and just focus on God. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I'm going to give you another, another opportunity because you're all half asleep. Pray like you mean it. Pray like you're going to pray it every day because God is counting on this prayer for your prayers to be answered. So repeat after me, everyone in this place. Father God, I thank you 
for your son Jesus, for his sacrifice on the cross. I thank you for the blood of Jesus and for the work of the cross. Today, I confess every one of my sins. I confess the deepest and darkest thoughts and intentions of my heart. And I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin and that you would wash me in Jesus' blood today and every day until I see you in heaven. And I claim and proclaim that through Jesus' blood I can enter in to the throne room to offer my prayer. And I do that today. And I ask, Lord Jesus, for this month, that it will be the month of prayer. And that you would teach me how to pray persistent prayer and prayer that changes your heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God a round of applause.